and welcome to the very first episode of Morbidly Deceased with JT McCallum and Evan Dilworth. And uh, this is the show that's going to keep the Halloween spirit alive 365 days a year. <laughs> so uh, we are recording this on November 2nd. Uh, we have a bit of the Halloween blues. Um, Halloween, as we've discussed, Evan and I, Halloween's very different uh, as adults as it was as kids. Oh, yeah. Um, you have uh, kids now. And uh, what's, the, what's it like with kids it's it's exciting. I get excited to take them out. Right. I get excited to walk around. Um, like you said, it's very different now. As I get older, I'm uh, looking around. Not as many people shelling out. Not as many people dressing up or right. decorating the house and stuff. And that that stuff's like crushes my heart. Right. So I'm like, oh man, it's my favorite time of the year. Right. I like horror and everything all year around, <laughs> right. but like Halloween is obviously when you go <laughs> extra hard, extra hard. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun to take them out and see them enjoy it. Right. But then I'm like, ugh, it's not as I remember. <laughs> right. I was yeah. Younger. Yeah. You don't experience it the same way. Yeah. So. <laughs> so that's the only bad thing. Right. Um, are you like, are they into anything horror or? Yes, my stepson loves Friday Thirteenth. Okay. Like he loves Jason. Right. He always uh, wants to play the game, or like he always wants to watch them. And I'm like, I have to be careful which ones I show him. <laughs> right. Some are obviously worse, worse than others. Yeah, like, for sure. I don't think he'll be able to watch Part Five until he's older because Part Five is probably like the sleaziest. Yeah, of oh the yeah, bunch. there's a lot of nudity and stuff in that one. And for sure. I'm just like ah. So I think he's watched three. Mm-hmm. He's watched four. Right. And I'm going to show him Jason X because I think that one's like a little bit more. Right. Kid friendly <laughs> and not a very kid friendly way. Sure. <laughs> like not as much nudity and right. all that stuff. So right. I think that one would be a little bit more appropriate to show him. Right. So I, I want to show him that one. And then like I was telling you the other day, we went into Spirit Halloween and, uh, my six month old, I put on a Michael Myers mask mm-hmm. and he looks at me and he smiles. Right. And he laughs. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, please <laughs> right. like, and be into this stuff. Yeah. Too. That'd be so great. Yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. I'm, I'm definitely gonna, when he gets older, I'm gonna slowly right. work him into it. Right. Um, so I've always wondered this cause obviously I don't have kids or anything yet, but like, um, I've always wondered like, I know what my parents did with me was I was like seven and they're like, okay, you can watch Halloween. But like, they never were like, like I loved Jaws as like a two year old. I loved Jurassic Park and like scarier type movies and shit. Um, but like my parents were never like, I mean, obviously they weren't showing me like saw it like age five, (laughs) but like, I don't know. There, there wasn't really like, they weren't really super limiting to like what I was allowed to watch. So like, yeah. How are you as a parent and all this stuff? Like my, uh, Mom and dad never censored what I could watch as I got older. Obviously, when I was, like, younger, mm-hmm. I couldn't watch a lot of it. Like, especially the nudity and right. all that stuff. Right. I'm probably the same way. Like, nudity, like, sex scenes and all that stuff. Right. I'll either fast forward or I'll just, you know. Sure. Find Cover a way their so eyes they or can't something for it. a second, yeah. Other than that, I'm probably not going to censor a lot of what they watch. Right. Unless it's super bad. Like, sure. Then that's different, but right. They'll watch Halloween when I think it's time for them to watch yeah, Halloween. For sure. um, for sure. 
Night of the Living Dead will be one of the ones I show them first because again, that's the '60s. Right, it's pretty tame compared yeah. to, and especially because like nowadays, like families watch Walking Dead on like a weekly basis, right? Yeah, and exactly. there's like five year olds that are like, oh, I love zombies. And it's like, that's how the fuck? My and then, stepson loves it, right? But then like you go back and you watch like Night of the Living Dead, which like blew people away. Like Stephen King tells a story where when he first went to the movie, like there was a bunch of like twelve year olds like fucking around in the first couple rows, and then, like when the movie got going they were like stopped dead and they're like well, what the <laughs> fuck are we watching because no one had ever seen people eating other people before yeah. right it's yeah. 1968 right you're used to like the big bug movies and shit of the 50s <laughs> yeah. and then there's just dead people coming back to life and eating other living people yeah that that was uh when i was younger i wasn't too into it because again it's like black and white and i'm like oh it's not that exciting to me right. but as i got older it's just i appreciated it so much more right and i enjoy it and um, Dwayne Johnson, I believe. Dwayne Jones. Dwayne Johnson's Dwayne Jones. The Rock. That, oh, <laughs> Dwayne Jones. Um, Romero giving him a shot. Yeah. And just how he acted in that movie, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Oh, for sure. He really put on a good performance. Yeah, he's the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I, I feel like if if they had cast like a white guy in that role, I I don't think that that movie would would have been nearly as impactful no, or, exactly. or talked about. Well, even when you watch uh, Night of the Living Dead 90, mm-hmm. um, Tom Savini says, like, Tony Todd came in, auditioned, he went outside, read the script, came back in, he had tears in his eyes and read, and Savini was like, that's perfect. Right. And I think when you watch the movie, and he's talking to Barb mm-hmm. about, you know, getting out of the diner or everything, and he snaps the twig he has yeah. and you just see tears running down his face i'm like that's perfect yeah the way he's sure. acting in that film it i don't think they could have picked a better person yeah for him again like, yeah for sure he's yeah. incredible in it oh absolutely um so t- if we go back um what was your first exposure to uh the horror genre oh. like how how d- what what was the first thing that really like made a an impact and when you realized that you actually liked this spooky fucked up shit <laughs> so when i remember i was two years old mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure it was just around the time child's play 2 came out okay and that was the first movie i ever watched interesting and i remember not everything about it because i think like that's really young right but i remember certain parts of it like i always remembered the ending right when he's covered in all the the hot um latex or yeah, rubber yeah and they stick the hose in his mouth and right. you see it start to like get bigger and bigger <laughs> right. and his little eyeball shaking right. and it pulls out. i will never forget that right. i always remember the first time i seen that because it's like holy shit like this is crazy <laughs> right this doll's head just like grew and then blew up and <laughs> right. these people are like all right we're done with it right and yeah I, that that was the first one i ever watched and right. I think it just kind of like progressed from there. Right. As I got older, I looked out for more things. Um, my dad had a bunch of pre-recorded tapes. Mm-hmm. One was probably the greatest double feature I ever had, which was Carpenter's Halloween and Stuart Gordon's Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I watched Halloween, I was so into it and right. genuinely like fell in love with that movie because everything about it was pretty much damn near perfect oh like, for sure <laughs> his score right starting from the opening where it's just the jack-o'-lantern and then the score yeah. comes in and it's like okay this movie's perfect right from the get-go yeah. right it's like star wars that way where it like starts out and then it just hits yeah. you with that and you're like oh this is perfect right away like <laughs> exactly <laughs> and 
the cold opening for Halloween mm-hmm. when we're talking about like yeah. you just see the camera moving yep looking at the two teenagers you know sitting on the couch watching something kissing and all that stuff yep. and then they go upstairs obviously yep. and then the person goes into the house gets a knife watches the boyfriend leave goes upstairs murders the woman mm-hmm. and then you find out a minute or two after that it's a little kid right like michael <laughs> or, myers is like this little six-year-old right. kid yeah who just killed his sister and you see no emotion on his face yeah and he's just like dead right <laughs> yeah it's, oh yeah no that's it, still one of my favorites yeah it's definitely a great opening um when i was a kid um my love for horror and shit always came from the movie Halloween. That was the first uh, thing that ever really... I mean, like, I was, like, scared of E.T., but, like, it never, like, bothered me the way that, like, Halloween did. Yeah. Um, I distinctly remember being, like, four or five years old, and I was going through uh, my parents' movie. It was on, like, a summer day, and I was in the basement in the dark, and I don't even know why I did this, but I, like walked over to my parents like dvd case and i was like looking through everything and then i found halloween because i'd always heard my parents talking about halloween yeah and so i i picked it up and i started reading the back and i read when michael myers was six years old he murdered his sister and now he went to an insane asylum and now he's broke out and he's back and i was like making up the movie as i read that and i'm like what the fuck like this is the scariest shit and like um the back of the DVD has uh, Annie when she sprawled it on the bed with the tomb of uh, Judith Myers and shit, and then it's got like Jamie Lee Curtis like covering her face, and I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, this actually looks like the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> um, and then like when I was seven, uh, I distinctly remember this too. My parents were like, you're gonna watch Halloween now. And I'm like, oh, awesome. And I'm like, I read the back of it, so I already kind of know what happened. Uh, so uh, they sat me down and. They gave me dinner, and they're like, you're going to watch this movie. And they'll, like, shut off all the lights, and they're like, we're going to come in periodically and check in on you. They're like, but we think that you're ready to, like, watch this movie by yourself. And so I just, I know what I had. I had, like, some sort of chicken, mashed potatoes, and mixed vegetables. And I just ate my food and watched the movie all by myself. And I'm like, this is amazing. And then uh, my parents came in, like, near the end of the movie. I mean, they'd come in and be like, you okay? You're not scared? I'm like, no, this is awesome. And then the end of the movie, I'm like wow, this is actually, like, one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, I knew the theme song, though, because my parents had a, uh, they had a Halloween party one year, and they had a, like, a mixed CD, and they had a techno theme of the Halloween theme oh, song yeah. on it. I think I remember that one. And, and it was, it was one of the ones that had, um, dialogue from Nightmare on Elm Street in it, though. So, like, it, it like, <laughs> broke down, and then it was the scene when Nancy and, uh, Glenn are talking, and she's like, oh, uh, do you believe in the boogeyman? And that like kicks into the Halloween yeah. theme. It's like a techno pump, and it's oh, so good. Um, so like when I first heard the soundtrack, I was like, oh, that's from that. And then I but then I was like, no, but that's because I knew about Freddy Krueger. I'd never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, but like I knew like the whole like concept of him coming in the dreams and stuff. And I'm like, but that's not Halloween. So I was like, what the hell is that? My parents then explained like, oh, there's Nightmare on Elm Street. There's Friday the Thirteenth, and they went off on all this <laughs> shit, right? Um, and then. Uh, yeah, so um, for the longest, from about seven to thirteen, I only watched the Halloween movies. I didn't. I wasn't interested in any. I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, and I, I liked it, but I was like, "This is awful compared to Halloween." Because oh, yeah. when you start with the gold standard, it's everything else to, just seems to live up to. It. Right, exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, I watched Halloween Two because my dad 
my dad was a big horror fan uh, in the 80s when he was a teenager, which was a great time for him to be a horror fan. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so he always loved Halloween 2 more than Halloween 1, which I don't understand, personally. I, <laughs> I, I don't think that Halloween 2 is even nearly a good movie. I think that it's one of the weaker Meyer sequels, personally. It's got a lot of things wrong with it or weird with it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, Halloween 2 is just one of those weird movies where I, I want to love it so bad, but it's just like... That whole, the end, I mean, the end's okay, but, like, when he's, like, just walking around the hospital, and it's, like, this isn't... (laughs) It's different, because it's supposed to play off the same night, but it's three years later, 81, when it came out. Jamie Lee Curtis is drugged. Right. In pretty much 95% of that movie. Right. She's got a wig on that's absolutely horrible, because she cut her hair short for, um, the Landis film. Oh. Escaping me right now. Uh. With, uh, was it Trading Places? Yeah, yes, yes. Trading, places, trading places, Eddie Murphy and um, Dan Aykroyd. Right. So she had short hair in that. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that was like 80, 81. Right. So she cut her hair short. They brought her back. Right. Uh, Dick Warlock was Michael. Myers. Yeah. And it's the same Ray- mask. I, I I always heard that. I'm like the bullshit because it looks different. But it's because his head's wider yeah. than Nick Castle's. But it's it's legit the same mask. It has the wear and tear from the original movie. And well, that's the thing. I was just reading something about that. Deborah Hill had the mask. Mm-hmm. She kept it after the first one, but because she smoked in her apartment, right? Apparently, that's what. Right. That's why it looks so worn right. on the nose. Yeah, and, stuff. and it's super yellowed too. Like even yeah, in like three, three years, like the that. neck. The neck's got a different, almost a different color tone to it near yeah. the bottom. So you can tell something definitely ate away at right. it. There, there's one shot in the movie where you can tell that it's the same mask, and it's where um, I think it was when one of the nurses shows up to the hospital, and then it cuts to like, um, or it pans over to uh, her um, mirror or whatever, and then he's like standing there, and I'm like, oh, that looks like the mask, but the rest of the movie looks it nothing looks very like different. Yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy how much it can be like how it deteriorated that quickly in three years, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then uh, AMC, we had just got AMC at that point, and they play Halloween 4 and 5 every fucking <laughs> night. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like every night, like not even just around October. It's like, oh, let's throw on AMC. Oh, Halloween 4 is on, and like you can't get away from it, right? I know, it, and there's so many movies, like I know it's limited to what they could probably show on their network, but right. it's like, there's got to be other things you can show. Like, right. I love the Halloween franchise, but there's only so many times <laughs> right. in the month of October. Right, you can watch Halloween 4. I can watch 4. Halloween 4 or 5. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and so... Uh, we had, as a family, well, my parents and I, uh, we had decided that we were going to watch those movies um, because I had never seen 4 and 5. And uh, we came home super late, later than, I think we were out looking for like Halloween costumes. We came home super late. We didn't get to watch Halloween 4, the whole movie. We started it um, when uh, they had just gotten to... Um, uh, the Meeker house, and they were like starting to like close up and like lock everything yeah. up and shit. And then so I was... Instantly, I I don't really have super fond memories of Halloween Four, and I think it was because I showed up so confused because I'm like, "Where's Lori? Where?" Like I had yeah. no idea. Like I didn't know what anything was, right? Because um, I missed that entire first part where it was like, "Oh, Jamie is Lori's <laughs> daughter," and Jamie, or yeah, you know. So it was like I missed all of that. Um, but then. When Halloween 5 started, my dad's like, all right, I can't watch this bullshit. <laughs> I, he liked them back in the 80s, so like, but I'm not really a huge fan of this anymore. Um, but then 
my mom and I watched Halloween 5 and we just sat there the whole time like this is actually fucking great <laughs> like Halloween 5 I think is the best Myers sequel well that's I think that's my second uh, favorite opening oh yeah carving the pumpkin and then yeah. it just picks up from the end of 4 yep Michael falls down the shaft, right. but then you see him he goes on a river out. adventure. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and you can tell it. Don Shanks just has like this huge, massive suit on because he's just floating, yeah. and his shoulders I just know. up it's high. It's so funny. It's such a weird, like it's a great opening, but it's a weird opening where yeah. like the theme is playing and he's just like floating That's, down through the river. It still gives me goosebumps as soon as you see the explosion yeah. go off, and then the you hear the theme, and then you just see and his he's head, in the yeah. water, yeah. and it's just like, oh yeah. my god! No, I know that, that it is such a good opening. It's 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 really fun. And yeah, I, I want to see the Doctor Death right opening right, and apparently like, it's been found right. I just don't know if anybody's going to do with it, anything with it because Lionsgate uh, owns the rights to the Anchor Bay Library because okay. they bought them out, so right. that's still technically under there. Sure, but hopefully one day. Yeah, I, I just wish the companies would like cooperate with each other. You know, like I know. if it's like I don't get it. Yeah, but like who was uh, when they did the. The box set, it was Miramax, Mm -hmm. Scream Factory, Mm -hmm. um, Trankus Mm -hmm. International, I think I'm saying that wrong, but uh, Mustafa Akkad's company. And they all got together and they even managed to pull the producer's cut of of six on disc. Like it was filmed yesterday because it looked absolutely beautiful. And you watch like the first time I watched that. Like we were talking about it earlier, mm-hmm. you there's times where you don't know what the hell's going on because you right. can't see anything. Right, if you have the shitty so copy, staticky. yeah, because it. I, I was saying to Evan earlier, it's it goes from like, oh, here's the actual movie, and then like it looks like a movie, <laughs> and then it like halfway through a line of dialogue, it just cuts to the worst, blurriest, grainiest <laughs> shit footage you've ever seen in your life that you can't even decide like, oh, is that Doctor Loomis or that like who the fuck is that? <laughs> And then it just cuts right back in. It, it'll be like him. I, I distinctly remember uh, him sitting at the kitchen table talking to the Mrs. Strode lady, whatever she was. Yeah. Um, and then he's like trying to explain like, oh, this house is sacred. And then like halfway through a line, it like cuts to that thing. And then he like all he says is like, and then he's evil. And then it picks back up from like the real movie. And it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> did, you, uh, did that really add anything? To that? Yeah, that was. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, and then, so, so I fell in love with Halloween 5, uh, that whole end, uh, chase scene in the laundry chute. From the moment they get to the Myers house, that movie just becomes phenomenal to me. That's where it really picks up my fun. Yeah. Because, um, I, the, so, over the years, I, I know that Halloween 5 is my favorite Myers sequel, but I have been finding it harder and harder every year to, like, do the whole, like, um part where like jamie's just at the hospital and then like she has the vision about max and she's drawing him like it, it's like well that's that's what it, it reminds me of too of like halloween 2 right jamie lee's barely used in it right. and i find like even though um danielle harris is in it yeah they're not really using her to her fullest right it's just like she can't talk why the hell is she mute <laughs> right for one right no nothing is like, like even if she got really scared and all that stuff you think she would still talk right there's no explanation to as to why if they have a psychic link more either. than half the movie <laughs> yeah. she doesn't talk yeah and then you know sorry but if you haven't seen part four this isn't really a spoiler at the end she just kills her step well stabs her yeah. stepmom it's a big retcon because she definitely and kills like, her in that movie yeah. <laughs> but all of a sudden in five they're like oh yeah you know your dad and mom miss you i'm like yeah bullshit how are they, are they like delusional or are they right. just like no mom's yeah, still alive right but i did 
it just doesn't make sense because I feel like it was wasted. No, for sure. Because she's great. She's a great little actress in yeah. both those movies. Yeah. It's just like the part where she just doesn't talk. Yeah. It's kind of the yeah I no yeah I, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, like when when they get to the. The stuff in the the barn, I actually really enjoy. I think that that's really suspenseful. Like when Spitz is dressed up as Michael Myers too, and then like you don't yeah. like what you're not sure which one's following her in the barn, but and then like you see that it is him, but then there is Spitz, and you're like, well, which one is it? I find that that's actually better. Uh, it's I just realized now it's kind of like a copy of when they do that in four when Loomis shows up and then there's like a Michael and he pulls out the gun but then there's another Michael and then they're all yeah. around right um, but yeah I found that it was done better in five um, yeah I, I think I liked it more in five as well actually yeah because I, I, t- I completely forgot about that yeah and I just literally watched those movies right. not, not even that long right. ago but yeah um, yeah and then so the stuff in the farm like it, that's fun um, I. I don't really hate the character of Tina in Five. I know everyone else oh. hates her. I don't really. Ca- I mean, there's definitely more annoying characters in slasher movies. There though. is. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't get past it. I don't That's know. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. Even like again, even um, Rachel. I didn't really like Rachel personally. In Four, I was like, she's really kind of. It seems stuck up. Like yeah, she's kind of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's like, oh, I gotta take my steps. Yeah, trick or yeah. I'm like, Whoa. yeah. And then when she gets super dramatic, she's like, now your grandbabies are never gonna happen because I have to babysit. Yeah. So it's like, holy like, what fuck. Are you going on about? And yeah. then in five, I was like, oh, okay. Right. I don't mind the character, but then they're like, yeah, she gets killed off pretty much early yeah. on. And I was yeah. like, okay, thank God, because she, I, I don't need to see right. <laughs> another Halloween with her for an hour and a half. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because that series, like, other than Michael, doesn't really have, like, a... Like, um, Friday has, like, a Tommy Jarvis and stuff. You know, like, there's, like, a character yeah. to connect to. But, like, I I mean, I guess it kind of is Jamie. It's interesting. Another thing about it, uh, Tommy Jarvis is 4, 5, and 6, and Jamie Lloyd is 4, 5, and 6. Oh, yeah. Right? That's interesting. Holy shit. yeah. I and then they're never brought up that. ever again. <laughs> no, because they get retconned out of it, right? But yeah. Fuck, yeah, but it's like, oh yeah, that's it's like that's their nemesis. That's it's really like weird. Jamie Lloyd versus Michael and Tommy Jarvis versus thing. Jason, but yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I did. I actually didn't even put two and two together. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah, interesting. Now we're gonna see like a fucking uh, Dread Central's gonna post an article about us <laughs> discovering <laughs> <laughs> two guys yeah. put two and two together. <laughs> That'll, oh my god. The title of the article is like the dumbest horror fans in the world. <laughs> They're figuring shit out that everyone's known for years. No, I'm like sitting here, I'm like, wow, we're gonna talk about some stuff maybe yeah. people, you know, yeah. haven't heard before. Right. And everybody's gonna be like, what the fuck do these guys think they're doing? <laughs> Um, yeah, so then uh, after Halloween series, uh, it was thir- I turned 13, and then I watched Dawn of the... Well, here, my first my first story with Dawn of the Dead is uh, there was one night where my dad had just bought it on DVD um, in the early 2000s, and um, I, uh, I came downstairs while they were watching a movie, and, like, it was the scene where, like, the bikers had just come in, but it was, like, after they had all gotten their shit fucked up, so, like, the zombies were starting to eat all the oh, bikers yeah. and stuff. And there's this one girl as um, Tasso Stavrakis is being ripped apart, and she has this... She, her hair is way too blonde. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Her hair is way too blonde. <laughs> and she's just... She's not eating. She's not grabbing... 
Everyone else is like doing their best she's to act. Like staring. She's staring. Yeah. You, okay, you know exactly. Know, she like, has the creepiest freaking look. She's just like <laughs> staring at nothing. I know that was. I found that really weird. Right, and I was like five, and I'm like, what the fuck? I know all these zombies just munching out, and she's like yeah. staring off into space. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Right, I'm a zombie. What am right. I doing now? Right, and like that, that was... bothered me. I'm like, whoa, like this is fine. Like, how can you watch this shit with this creepy? Because like, not only are they zombies brought back to life and shit, but like, she's like. Just in another fucking dimension, yeah. just like what am I doing? Just staring <laughs> yeah. at nothing, and like that one actress's face put me off of Dawn of the Dead for like five years. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to watch anything to do with that. Um, and then uh, when Diary of the Dead came out, my dad tried to get me to watch Diary. He's like, okay, George Romero's coming back with a new zombie movie. He's like, starts from the first night. This is your perfect time to get. And I'm like, no, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Dawn because at some point, just before 2010, I feel like between like 2006, 2012, zombies were literally everywhere. Like in everything. They were in car commercials and they were in yeah. like everything, right? Um so uh, my friends and I were playing Left 4 Dead, and then we're, we're like, oh, let's watch a zombie movie. And we had the Dawn of the Dead Blu-ray, and so I'm like, let's put this on. And they fell asleep, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, I, It was like 3 in the morning we started the movie, and at like 5.30, I'm like, I'm going to watch this again. <laughs> like, This movie is so great. <laughs> and then the next day, I watched the, the making of Dawn, and then I, like we were talking about earlier, I got introduced to Tom Savini. So I'm like, yeah. oh, let's... He did the burning. He did, you know, all this other shit. And then you get introduced to Dario Argento, who does Suspiria and Tenebrae and all this shit. And then you get introduced to Goblin, you know? So it's such a good starting point for when you're, like, ready to delve into horror movies. It really does open up avenues everywhere else. Because, like, I don't... I wasn't into anything Italian yet. Right. And it pretty much was Dawn that started that. Because then I looked up Argento and Tenebrae and Phenomena. Right. I love that movie too. Yeah, uh, Suspiria is my favorite. I know that's probably like everybody's favorite. Doesn't matter, but, but it's the best Argento yeah, movie. Like, it's yeah, the music, the scenes, yeah, the 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 way they used like I really liked when it was because in that movie there's one scene where it's like the green, red, and blue lighting, yep. and yep. it's just so nice. Yeah, and like we were saying for Tenebrae, when the woman. Uh, gets her arm cut off with the mm-hmm. axe and the way it sprays on the wall right it's it's like actually beautiful like no. it's beautifully shot <laughs> okay. and the way her she lifts her arm and just sprays right all over the wall and you just see it everywhere and it's mass amounts right like, it's a ridiculous amount it just is one of my favorite scenes in that movie so it's so funny that you say that because um every year uh my aunt and i we have like a horror movie marathon and like uh, we do the basics, Halloween, Friday the 13th, all this stuff, right? Um, but then, like, one year, I'm like, I'm bringing Suspiria because you need to watch Suspiria. <laughs> and then my selling point, I'm like, I'm like, story makes no sense. I'm like, don't worry about the story. I'm like, because, like, I know that you have to be more, like, a hardcore yeah. fan to, like, focus and What's shit. <laughs> I'm like, just watch it. I'm like, it is the most beautiful movie you will ever see. And she's like, how the fuck is a movie beautiful? I'm like, no, trust me. Suspiria <laughs> is a beautiful movie. It really is. It really is. Like, I could, like, print off, like, any frame from that movie and, like, have it as a poster. You know, yeah, like, you know what just, I mean? Like, it's just perfect. It could like, just be Jessica Harper standing there. Right. And... The colors behind her, or yeah. like the um, oh, what is it? The one scene where she's standing there, and it almost looks like a, a peacock. Yeah, it's like all the yeah. the things behind um, her. I'm like, that's yeah. Cool. Or or when uh, the girl from it's not uh, it's not Jessica Harper. It's uh, I forget what the character's name is. Uh, who? Olga. 
No, 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 no. Um, in the opening, well, not opening, but when she leaves the school, it's, oh, okay, and, and then she goes to like that apartment or hotel or whatever it is, and then it's like. Uh, it's got like the the black and white checkerboard floor, oh, yes, and then yes. like the walls are red, and it's just like the most beautiful thing. Yeah, and, yeah, and then she comes crashing through the colored glass. Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Oh, when she gets hung. Yeah, that was good. Oh, it's so yeah. good. I love that movie so much. <laughs> and then the remake is good too, which is the remake was really good. Yeah, like um, if you've never seen the remake, don't let the running time scare you yeah, yeah for like, sure even if you have to watch it in bits like they actually have chapters yeah. chapter stops in the movie so it goes chapter one if yeah. you can only watch a little bit watch it that way yeah but it is it's great it's very good and it's directed by an italian who i just think that works more because it's like it's an italian movie mm-hmm. and an italian director is going to remake an italian movie right. and he like he even said he has a lot of love for it but it's not it's not a shot for shot remake there's a few references mm-hmm on its own it's incredible right i it, really liked it it builds on the story like i i think that it, it's nice to know what's going on I, I couldn't imagine going into it and not being like oh there's witches you know like i feel like you have to kind of know the story of the original yeah because and then it goes off in a little bit of different directions and shit too right like it's yeah well when it's the morning uh when it's like one of the mornings after when it's all the teachers or mm-hmm. the women in there and you can tell, like, something is different. The way they're talking. Right. And you know it's all the witches. Right. Like, <laughs> it's that built up on it. Because you hear about the witch or, you know, the mother. Yeah. In the original. Yeah, but they don't really ever go into detail about There's anything about, about it. it. And yeah. even, like, the Three Mothers trilogy, it's not... Yeah, because it, it kind of got retconned it. into being the yes. first mother, right? Yeah, and then in this one, they focus more on it. And I think I like that was one of the aspects I liked about it because... Yeah. You're learning more about what they're right. doing and why they're doing it. Right, yeah. And um, I thought that, it, like, I had no idea that they were going to bring up the whole, like, Three Mothers concept in in a Suspiria movie. Mm-hmm. And I was totally blown away by that. Like, um, another thing that I really liked about it was that, as we were saying, Suspiria, like, the original, is such a beautiful-looking movie. But this is not a beautiful... It's, like, the no. most dour-looking yeah, thing very, on the planet. Um, dreary. Yeah. Dark colors. Yep. Nothing really bright. Right. Not really a spoiler or anything. The only thing that's any really color in it is probably the last half hour of the movie. Yeah. When it goes pretty much all red. Yeah. And that, I think I liked it more. For this, I think it worked more for this movie to be dark. Oh, for sure. Dreary. Because it's more of, you know... I find this movie more serious than the original one. Yeah. But it's it's very well shot. And Mm. I like that more than the, the colorful vibe that we got from the original one. Yeah. Um, see, I, I'm pretty sure Argento always says that uh, Suspiria is like a fairy tale movie, and it, it 100% oh, it, feels like that. Yeah. Like it feels like I you're agree. watching like a nightmare of from the perspective of like, a child. Yeah. And even um, from what I heard as well, um, Suspiria was supposed to like the actors were supposed to be children, like 10 year old, 12 year old girls, which makes it super interesting when you think about it because it's supposed to be like an all-girls school that they went to yeah but like a like a children's school not like a college of ballet thing and then as a i don't know if this is true or not but as a reference to like the original story idea um if you watch it um all the doorways and stuff are super big and the door handles are up super high the way it would be if you were oh, in the perspective yeah. of a child. So Yeah, because you yeah, you definitely tell like the doorways are massive. Right. It's weird. Right. 
but I I have to go back and watch. Yeah, now. how many times does I watch? I have to I have to look up for the door handle. Yeah, now. no, it's a, it yeah, it's actually a super cool detail. I, whether or not that's true, I don't know, yeah. but I do know that it was intended for it to be like children in the starring roles, but which would have been that would have been a completely different movie. I yeah, think. Yeah, would have been. I crazy. think it would have been creepier too, because like if you're younger watching that, yeah. it's happening to kids. Like I would have oh, been like, yeah, what? that that would actually be great having like a kids a dark Argento kids movie. That would be insane. That would fuck. <laughs> now I'm kind of wishing that's what we got. Just imagine like at times super violent kills, but it's yeah. just like these little kids laying yeah. there like screaming and stuff. Yeah, I, that would be. Oh yeah, something a kid else getting hung. Oh, oh, could you imagine that? <laughs> a little girl's arm getting chopped off. Oh and my god! Blood. Yeah, like, what are Jesus we watching? Christ. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, so what? What about? Uh, so obviously, like, um, after you watch like Child's Play and Halloween and stuff, like when when did horror really like? become your life because i just saw your movie collection and it has become your life i it's probably honestly like i'm it sounds like we're saying a lot of the same things but even before me and jt talked we said that carpenter and romero Mm -hmm. our favorite directors Mm -hmm. and halloween and dawn of the dead are our favorite movies by them oh for sure so when i watched dawn of the dead Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a horror movie because it's like you can clearly tell right from the beginning, it's action. Mm-hmm. People are scrambling to know what the hell's going on. Right. You've got SWAT teams coming in and clearing out the buildings, and it's not I think until maybe fifteen minutes or twenty minutes into the movie when you see the zombies. Yeah, and then from there it just takes off and it's up and down. Right, and I think that was a big thing for me because I was trying to branch off just from slasher movies because i yeah. was really into slashers at first i was like okay yeah right but then you know to watch a romero film where it's not only about acting and you know the special effects mm-hmm. and the actors and stuff he really put into his movies like if he didn't write it he i'm sure he had some say in something but like when he wrote his his writing i think is really magical to me right. i don't know because like his films even i just watched bruiser yeah for the first time this year yeah um that movie is very different because it's uh 2000 mm-hmm. that's the first movie he made in toronto i'm pretty sure i think so yeah because that movie was you can it's you can tell at times it's him yeah and then, but it's so different from everything else. Yeah. It's like a standalone movie for his filmography. It's yeah. so different. I, I love when the guy comes and he's got the mask on for the first time, and he's yeah. like, and there's just that whole like, see, it was just that was like, like the best part of that movie when he has the mask on for the first time and it's like stuck to his face. It's and so good. Well, uh, when he sees the, um, I guess that the maid or the house sitter mm-hmm. or whatever. He's walking around. He sees her stealing stuff. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And you don't think anything's going to happen. And then just boom, whacked in the side yeah. of the head. And she's done for. Yeah. And then fast forward a bit and he finds his wife cheating on him. Yep. And then the one thing that I like stood out to me is when she scratches his face and scratches the mask. Yeah. It's bleeding and yeah. stuff. And I was like, that, I like that because it, like, again, it's a detail. That yeah. No, it's super great. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely a, an interesting, like, standout movie from his filmography. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, like, I think Dawn of the Dead really helped because, again, 
it branched out to other things. So it helped me find other things. It helped me find Savini and mm-hmm. stuff that he did. And I remember the first time I saw the burning, mm-hmm. I thought that was really like well done. And it's hard to tell which came first because that and Friday the 13th were released same year. Yeah, right. I'm just not, no, I, I don't think anybody's ever really said which one was put out first. Right. So it's, it's hard to tell if, Friday took from the burning or the right. burning took from Friday. Right. But, um, yeah, I remember watching that and I remember going then trying to find something from Argento mm-hmm. and I remember watching Inferno. Mm-hmm. That was that your first Argento movie that you I'm saw? I'm pretty sure it was. It was either that or it was Phenomena. Okay. Yeah. But the one thing that made me look out other Argento movies for sure was the underwater scene in Inferno. Right. That was th- even the lights coming out through there, and then mm-hmm. like the dead body just like floats by her. Right. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just kind of branched off. Like, I started looking into Stephen King and yeah. some of his stuff. And have you ever read Stephen King books, or do you just watch the? There's a few I've read. Okay. I like, like, Christine was great. I think okay. Yep. I love the movie, but again, I wish in the movie they had um, the demon in the backseat right. or the, the undead guy. I think that would add, like, even added to it even yeah. more. Um, I've, I read it once. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and read it again, after, especially after watching, like, the newer movies. Right. I want to go back and see, you know, comparisons and see yeah. how much, like, they took from it or if they stuck to it. Right. And then it just kind of, like, I remember going into a Video 99 or a Jumbo Video and seeing all these ones, but then there's, like, Dr. Giggles starring right. Larry Drake. And I'm right. like... What the hell is this? And right. he's just got like this little creepy laugh when he's killing people. It's like, <laughs> right. and I'm like, oh my god. Right. So then I just kind of started finding the hidden gems, I guess, of like from the '80s or the '90s. Right. And I figured like this was like my thing. Right. It was fun. There's no other things that do conventions for like comedies yeah, that's true. or action yeah. movies. No, there's something special about the horror genre. And fans, like they're the bet the yeah. horror fans are the bet the the nicest people that I've ever met in my entire life. We barely talked before a little bit and right. then when we started talking about it and we we're like, Oh yeah, Halloween or Dawn of the Dead, right. we immediately like I think we clicked. No, for sure. And we just understood each other's like this is what we're passionate right, about. Right, exactly. Yeah. And you can't do that. It's just like, oh, yeah, somebody likes, you know, Ace Ventura. Or right. It, like, it, yeah, I like it. It's a cult movie, sure. but it's definitely on a sure. different level. Exactly. Like like when people are like, it's different because, like, horror is such a, uh, it's a genre that you almost have to be passionate about. Yes. There's no, there's very few people are into, like, They'll see like okay fine like they'll see paranormal activity and they'll be like oh that's scary but like if you if they've seen paranormal activity and if they say like oh I love that it's the best movie ever you know they're probably not gonna like yeah. all the other horses you know what I mean but like whereas comedy is really hard because you don't know like are you a fan of the genre or do you just like watching a movie like you yeah. know what I mean or like an action movie like if someone mentions like Fast and the Furious it's like well you, there's nothing I don't know what else you're gonna like you know yeah. what I mean but like. Or even if you give a shit about anything about the movie, whereas horror fans, they know the writer, they know the yeah. director, they know composers. The, right, it's, it's, it's something completely different. I than, find you go into the horror genre seeking out way more 
things in there than you do comedy action again. Like, right. You want to find out like who did the special effects in a yeah. movie, and then you go and helps you find other movies they've worked on. Right. And then you fall in love with the work like the Creep Show. Right. The effects in that movie are so good, especially mm-hmm. with Fluffy. Yep. I think that was one of my favorite things in that movie because mm-hmm. I was like, it's like this little midget monster or something, but it's in this crate. Right. And it looks so cool. And then when it scratches the guy underneath the yeah. stairs and you see the claw marks and his face and his eyes sticking yeah. out. Yeah. I was like, I want to see what else he's done right. in the special effects department for other movies. And then, like again, like K&B, you find out about them, and then they yeah. work together on day, and it's it's just, it's a totally different feeling. Right. I don't, I probably have, like, maybe, I'd say 50 comedies. Right. Maybe. Right. That I really <laughs> enjoy and love. Right. Horror, there's there's hundreds. Yeah, for sure. There's way more yeah. than any other genre that yeah, I like. For sure, and like it just has like such in like an aesthetic about it, where it's just like I, my eyes are naturally drawn to something that just looks like horror, like gothic, or you know, it's just like my heart just gets happy when there's like yeah pumpkins and and skeletons and vampires and shit. I don't know. I just like. I don't know. It, it's so hard to explain, but everyone's always my entire life. Whenever I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm into horror movies. Like my email address when I was in grade eight was like Dawn of the Dead at hotmail.com. Like, <laughs> and my so so when I'm like trying to like talk with my teacher over an email about an assignment, and she's getting an email from Dawn of the Dead, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like this kid's weird. And like I would come home from, uh, I just what I would come home from. Uh, school in like grade five and that's when I had just bought the Halloween soundtrack and like no one else would be in the house and I just I'm doing my homework just to the Halloween soundtrack and like none of that was ever abnormal you know like it was just like yeah uh, everyone always likes to say that like oh anybody who likes these movies are like weird or they're into weird things but like we were saying like they are the nicest horror fans are the nicest most passionate down-to-earth people like because like my dad goes to comic book conventions and toy conventions and stuff and a lot of those people are kind of assholes, you know, yeah. but the horror and sports people are assholes too. And like, but horror people, I've, I've never met a very negative horror person before. No, I don't think I have either. Like everyone's so friendly and sociable. And like, it's, it's almost like when we all like meet at like conventions and stuff, it's like, Oh, you like this weird shit too. And then we, same That's thing. Like you can just stop and talk to them about and whatever in the genre right and because there's you can name drop romero carpenter argento and they know exactly what you're talking yeah. about right and it's such a cool feeling to like not have to be like if you're talking like someone else that you know that likes movies you don't have to be like well this is dario argento he's from italy blah, blah, and all the stuff you you can just say argento and they're like suspiria deep red like you know like you, you know exactly what they're talking about or if you describe a movie as uh very uh Car- very early Carpenter. You know exactly what kind of yeah. tone you're talking about, right? Oh, so, yeah, yeah it, it's such a unique genre. And, yeah, it just... I love everything about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like, it's been a long time. 20... I'm going to say at least 27 years of watching Yeah, the genre. Yeah. And I never get tired of it. Yeah. I never get sick of watching a movie over and over again. Yeah. I could literally watch Halloween and Dawn of the Dead... As soon as the credits roll, yeah. I could hit play right. and watch it again and not be bored or anything. Bored, it, yeah. 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 Like Halloween to me is like my comfort food, the way that yeah, some people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like um, I was stressed out the other day and then like I just 
put on the Joe Bob uh, Halloween hootenanny thing, and I was watching Halloween. I'm like, oh, I'm fine now. Like, it just takes, yeah. like, the moment that that movie starts, it's just like, okay, boom, here I am. Like, I'm just, I'm happy watching this movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great way to escape an hour and a half mm-hmm. if you're having a hard time yeah, for work sure. or whatever. You yeah. just pop in one of these movies, and it's not to be taken serious. Like, I'm sure it was back then when they were doing it, sure. but nowadays, like, I don't laugh at it because I'm like, this is silly or stupid. Right. I laugh at it because I think you love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so in love with right. the films and whatever. It's just like, yeah. I'm happy right. when I exactly. see Michael or Jason yep. on screen or I hear the theme because yep. I'm like, I know what's about to go yeah. on for the next hour and a half. Right. Yeah. It just puts you in a much better mood. Yeah. And you're so. Yeah. Like, um, I have like Michael Myers, like plushy dolls that like I'm going to give to my kid eventually. Right. Like it's just, and like I have a Michael Myers wallet. Like that's just the shit that I'm into. And I want to, like, I would wear horror shirts every single day. I mean, I'm fucking wearing a Halloween shirt right now. Like I don't not wear the shit. Like I want to rep it constantly, you yeah. know? And then that way, if I ever see someone else who comes up, he goes, Oh, Halloween. And then like, boom. And there's an instant friendship well, with that person. Right? It's when you said that. Cause like when, uh, Romero passed away mm-hmm. and they had the memorial in, uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. I was walking down the street and I literally locked eyes with somebody who was 20 feet ahead right. ahead of me coming towards me. He had a Dawn of the Dead shirt on. I had my Dawn and we looked at each other and yeah. we nodded. Right. And we both, like, we both knew. Right. Like, I knew why he was there yeah. and he knew why I was there. Yeah. And you don't get that with anybody else or any other. Right. Like, it's just, it's so welcoming. The, the oh, genre sure. and everything is so welcoming. And I'm not going to say everybody in the horror genre is like like especially fans are friendly because like you go online oh and people yeah bash online's it. a different place and yeah it's just like you're given a bad name for the genre right. i think like it, it might just be one person just like whatever like sure. don't worry about it but it's like if you're there for the same reason that i'm there right why are you trying, like don't cause shit right <laughs> just enjoy what we're gonna talk about enjoy yep. what if something's getting announced if it's a movie if right. it's this or that just enjoy it, like yeah. I, I I just don't get un- understand some people when they get pissy and all that yeah. stuff. Where it's just unnecessary. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, but first, uh, Evan, do you have a movie recommendation? Um, should probably should have done this before Halloween because uh, yeah, everyone's doing their thirty-one days of October thing. But uh, post Halloween, what do you suggest people watch? Um, it's hard to. It, now that I'm thinking about it, it's hard to pick one because there's so many. <laughs> right. Uh, something I watch after Halloween is actually called The Day After Halloween. Okay. Well, a snapshot. That's an Australian movie, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, the fine people at Vinegar Syndrome put that out. Mm-hmm. That movie I watch and then there's not really anything else. It's like post-Halloween. I right. think I just watch whatever. Like, right. <laughs> I just watched... Halloween 2018 again right. the other night, yeah. and I just watched it for the last night of my my horror marathon. Yeah, I'd say if you haven't seen that, check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much, go and check out the Vinegar Syndrome library of films they have. Okay, and pick anything from there because they release some stuff that I've never heard of, and then I ended up watching it and liking it. Right. Um, they just did uh, the Amityville box set, which is just a cursed collection. Okay, which is like. Four, uh, there's one, The Evil Escapes, It's About Time, mm-hmm. Dollhouse, and I haven't seen any of those, right. so I'm even looking forward to right. watching those. <laughs> right, yeah. 
But yeah, All right. check those out. Very cool. Um, and you're on Instagram. Do you want to shout that out? You have kind of like a horror Instagram. Yeah, uh, my is my handle on there is uh, Macabro Maniac, and uh, yeah, I post pretty much everything I pick up. Yeah. You can see all your fucked on it, <laughs> Blu-rays yeah. and 4K yeah. there. I try and put like stuff on there that people don't see, like announcements mm-hmm. or yeah. like. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then uh, we'll eventually set up an Instagram for our show and stuff when we get a few more episodes and stuff. But uh, for the time being, go and follow him, everybody. Um, thank you all very much for listening to the very first episode of Morbidly Deceased. Uh, I'm JT McCallum. I'm Evan Delworth. And have a spooky day.